0: We come now to part eight of this eight part election series in dealing with the applications of genesis twenty five twenty three election and reprobation seen in predestination, as you recall, as I have been quoting as a springboard text genesis twenty five twenty three and the Lord said to her, Two natures are in your womb, and two peoples from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other, the older shall serve." younger. Remember that God had told Rebecca this. Jacob had been chosen over Esau. God's plan of loving Jacob over Esau has a purpose. And in taking the doctrine of election and reprobation and applying that to the Christian's life, election's influence has a particular effect upon the saint soul. Election should move us to mourn for sin. Matthew 5.4 Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. You cannot be comforted by the doctrine of election until you mourn for sin. If there is no need, there is no need of salvation. Election cuts down the wickedness of pride. Our speech is transformed from the, I did this, I believe this, I exercise this, to Christ did. It's the shame of going back to the sin of the garden that would cause us to recant such blessed ideas that Christ alone rescues us. Election buckles our knees to humility and devotion before God. Do you pray? Do you read your Bible? Do you meditate on God? Do you have utter reliance upon Him? When we know God did not have to send His Son for us, we should be utterly humbled before Him. James, Jesus' brother, despised Christ. His own brother despised him. He was not sanctifyingly faithful until later when regeneration worked within him. It was said of James in church history that he had the knees of a camel, for his devotion to God was great and bringing him kneeling before God. Election should give us weak knees. Election teaches us that we are nothing and that God is everything. Should we not believe ourselves to be worthless before God? Should we not be base and lowly, and God be high and exalted? If our view is anything less, our view is less than scriptural. 1 Corinthians 1, 28-29 And base things of the world, and things which are despised, God has chosen, yes. And things which are not, to bring to nothing things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence." Election teaches us that we are nothing and that God is everything. Secondly, election liberates us from ourselves and secures us in God. Shall we be bound to ourselves as little saviors or take Christ's place as Savior? Shall it depend on us? Do you wish to take the weight of your sin upon your shoulders? That ruins Christians and their understanding of the word. Jeremiah 13.23 Can the Ethiopian change his skin or the leopard his spots? Then may you also do good, you that are accustomed to do evil. You can't do it. You can't take Christ's place. You cannot exercise something that you have no ability to exercise. If you can exercise that, why not then exercise your own justification, your own sanctification, your own glorification? You know these cannot be the case, so... Why think you can save yourself? Iraq was not liberated in and of itself from Saddam Hussein. Someone had to come in and help liberate the country. Sin is like an army which has overtaken you, and you need to be liberated by Christ. If you could have liberated yourself, then you have never allowed yourself to be captured by the awful power of sin in the first place. Christ liberates you from your secular humanism when we are liberated by christ from ourselves and our sin we become secure in god instead john 10:29 my father which gave them to me is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand End quote. you can never be taken out of the father's hand a son shall always be a son you children shall be god's children forever your children if you have any shall always be your children It does not therefore depend upon our effort or our strength, but rather him who has redeemed us, Jesus Christ. Think of the perseverance of the saints in such way. More secure than any car alarm. Thieves break in and run off with your goods. But when you're elect of God, Satan has no power to steal you to hell. You have no power to throw yourself into hell. The world has no power to capture you and bring you to hell. And those who are secure demonstrate their fruit, their spiritual fruit, and they bring it forth because they are children of the great King. And the sooner you realize your worthlessness in Christ, you become secure in God's worthiness to save you. Thirdly, election gives our lives meaning to glorify God. When you look at a lost person, what meaning do they think their lives have? They go to the movies. They drink, have sex, steal, try to gain position in their workplace, all sorts of things that they find important. All of the secular philosophers, Plato, Aristotle, Socrates, have committed themselves to find out the meaning of life. <laughs> and, and they didn't get to the end. They didn't get to the meaning. They don't know, nor can they know, unless they're elected of God. This is why they all miserably fail in such things. Election, though, gives our lives meaning. It gives us meaning in this life now. How in this life? Well, in this life, salvation through election opens our eyes to the fact that there is a God and that this God is a God who desires his creation to glorify him. Election asks this question of you. How well do you glorify God? it doesn't matter who you are children parents teachers policemen firemen researchers doesn't matter preachers that is the meaning of life on earth election gives life meaning we are to be little mirrors reflecting out to the world God's glory. We should glorify God so well that there should be no philosophers anywhere who would then still have that question on their mind, because the elect know it and the elect demonstrate it. Election makes our witness meaningful for us, because we know that there are brethren out there who are going to be saved, and God may just use you to save them. Election gives us meaning in the life to come, because we'll serve Christ before His throne into eternity. First Corinthians six two and three, do you not know that the saints will judge the world? Don't you know that we shall judge angels? Revelation nineteen five demonstrates our worship of the glorious one, and a voice came out of the throne saying, "Praise our God, all ye His servants, and ye that fear Him, both great and small." Revelation seven fifteen. Therefore are they before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sits on the throne shall dwell among them. The wicked do not attend God in this way, only the saints and the holy angels. So your lives are filled with meaning if you are elect in God. Your lives are like the cup of Psalm 23, overflowing. That is the ground of testimonies when people attest to what God has done for them. You should want to share it with all men, Christian and non-Christian alike, testimonies, personal witnesses, giving answers for the hope which lies in you, reflecting back to God, the glory of His graciousness. Fourthly, election should move us to rejoice, for it is the truest ground of joy. Luke 10.20 Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. See, our rejoicing is in election, and in God the scribe, who writes our names in the book of life. Though Judas cast out devils, Judas was himself cast out, as Matthew Mead said. I would say the other eleven had great cause to rejoice. You must have election as the truest ground of joy. You must have the truth, and desiring the truth, the truest ground of joy which points to your election and demonstrates the truthfulness of what Christ does. Jesus did not say rejoice in your discipleship to me or rejoice in that you have left all to follow me or rejoice that you cast out devils or that you have chosen me, but rejoice that your name is written in heaven. God the scribe placed it there. Philippians 4, 3 and 4. And I entreat you also, true bondsmen, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other with other my fellow laborers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. Is there anything more sublime to rejoice about than election? People are always spirited at a football game. I mean think about the the preparation they have, painting and painting their skin and the and the weird banners they have. And they're all ready to do it again for the next game, for the next year, year after year. Do you take on more of a spirit for Christ? Do you talk about the sovereign election of God in your life? It is the truest ground of joy. It is the foundation of the spiritual building in Christ's city. To rip out election from the gospel is as to rip out the beating heart of a human being. And if the heart beats, then it's alive. Fifthly, Election should cause us to love the brethren and promote the same john thirteen thirty four A new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have one love to another. Christians are commanded by Christ to love each other, and this love stems from their common union in Christ, second John one two, the elder unto the elect lady and her children whom I love in the truth. Loving one another is a privilege. It's a benefit of being elect. A privilege because we see Christ through our brethren. A benefit because we're able to minister in love to them. 1 John 4, 7. It is part of an exclusive group called The Church. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. You see, the world does not love. It doesn't know how to love. And will never know unless they're saved you must belong to the elect group of the believers the church to gain the privilege and benefit and responsibility of loving one another election is the ground of our love for without election there is no love i often think about a married couple who's been married for 40 years or so but they're not saved such grief comes over me in thinking about such things what what kind of love do they have what base aspect of a glimmer of love do they share. Christ's election gives us warrant to love because in his death and in his resurrection he lavishes upon us the base and worthlessness of our corrupt people. Love unlike anything anyone could ever experience in this life. The God of love sent his one and only Son, and his love is seen for his saints in his sure election of them. 1 John 4.11. Beloved, If God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. In knowing God loves you, and in knowing your own election in Christ, you should then be able to share your joy in love with your brethren who are loved by God and should be loved by you. When was the last time you called your elect brother or sister in love to comfort them, to have a reasonable conversation with them? Even a high school teacher knows all the names of their students. Church may have 60 people in it. How many of you in the last year made it a regular habit of calling somebody in your congregation? How many of you have an intimate relationship with your elect brother and sister? How many of you show it? And not only are we to love one another, but we're also to promote loving one another with fervency, knowing that the time of our stay here on earth is short. 1 Peter 1.22 Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. I mean, car advertisements abound in every area of paid advertising. You can't live without a car. Oh, what a feeling you get when you buy a car, you'll be tough if you buy a car. and Their whole ploy is to try and get you to believe that you can't go another moment without their car. And billions of dollars and millions of man-hours worldwide are spent on the importance of buying a car we should do more in love. What do Christians do to promote love? What do you do to demonstrate God's election of you in love to your brethren? Your knowledge of Christ, being elected by him, having his extravagant love poured out upon you, should inspire you to promote this same love among the brethren. We want everyone to know about the love Christ has for us because we've experienced this love firsthand. And I would even say that those who don't show forth their love for the brethren aren't saved. The scriptures say that. For only those who are born of God know what love is. Sixthly, election should move us to love Christ and find him most precious. That is the spring and fountain of salvation in our lives because of our election in Christ, that we love him so. First Corinthians sixteen twenty-two: If any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema, maranatha. End quote. We are to love Christ exceedingly, and the apostle here tells us that if we do not love Christ in such a way, that we shall be anathema, which is cursed to hell, maranatha, when He comes. There is no gray area when it comes to election. You're either saved and under the blood, one of the elect of God, and you shall escape the curse when He comes, or you're lost. And you won't escape the curse when he comes, because you're not wholly committed to Christ. You don't have an interest in him. But an elect saint, knowing his election, is completely safe and secure from all alarm because of Christ Jesus. The saints of God find Christ the most precious possession of their soul. And that is the great litmus test, whether or not you have an interest in Christ himself. Ephesians 3.19 "...and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God." Elect saints know that they may be filled with God as they love Jesus Christ. Hungering and thirsting after righteousness, which comes from Christ, as a saint's desire. Not only do we love him, but we must find him most precious. There's a line of ceramic figurines on the market called Precious Moments. All sorts of occasions, graduation, baby, wedding, Father's Day, Mother's Day, and the like. People buy these figurines because they mark those precious moments. How do you mark Christ and his work upon the cross? How is it exceedingly precious to you? First Peter 2.7 says, Unto you therefore which believe, he is precious. Do you believe? Is Christ precious to you? There should be nothing we find more lovely or more precious than Christ, for it is through the blood of the Lamb of God by which we obtain our election. What a precious doctrine to believe! Next, election is one of the greatest doctrines a preacher can preach and that you can hear. Revival always occurs around this doctrine, not others, if you look through church history. It occurs around the doctrines of grace, Augustine in Africa, Wycliffe in England, Luther in Germany, Calvin in Switzerland and France, Cromwell and the Puritans later in England again, John Knox in Scotland, the Pilgrims in Holland, Jonathan Edwards in America, George Whitefield in his revivalist sermons. All the revivals of church history revolved around the doctrines of grace. Those preachers who have the privilege of preaching these glad tidings are awed and inspired when the gale of the Holy Spirit fills their churches. You say, what about now? I'll tell you. Do you hold election dear to your heart? Does Christendom at large hold it dear to their heart? Without it, the spirit will not blow. You would be a blessed people to hold dear the election you have in Christ. When you are privileged to hear the rare preaching of this part of the counsel of God, consider yourself blessed since it's a a rarity in this day to hear people preaching on election and predestination. Election is the conductor's wand, which leads the symphony of God's word to blessed harmony into our ears. Paul said to the Ephesian brethren, For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Acts 20.27 If part of the orchestra was missing, it would hinder the symphony. How much more the conductor and his wand, that preachers would not be so timid, would be our prayer and that you, beloved, would be so eager to hear it. For it is a doctrine sweeter than honey itself, for it does not bring a scratch to itching ears, but a comfort to weary souls. I created this series for a Puritan's mind because I want to demonstrate the extravagant love that Christ has for his elect, and the reality of God's retributive justice upon the wicked because the church needs to be comforted by God's sovereignty. I don't preach it just to be right or to win a fight or argument. I don't preach it to show off or to dazzle you with Greek and Hebrew words. I like to bring it because I'm bound by my commission as a preacher and my conscience as a minister of the gospel to give you the whole counsel of God because I want to see the church changed and to grow in Christ's grace. To grow in grace as the whole of our lives, and I would hinder that growth if I left out something as crucial as God's electing power. The fruit of my labor in my study to prepare, not for me, to God in Christ first, but here also for you, the listener. I desire to see before my eyes, before emails that are sent to me, before letters that are sent your growth in grace. Being commissioned by Christ and having the hands of elders laid upon me by the church to demonstrate the gospel is in essence then to bring you the doctrines of grace. That is why I created this series for a Puritan's mind. Election should cause us to overwhelmingly feel the presence The truth of God and the mercy that He has, and the spiritual application of His work through the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit ministering to us. Election, then, should cause us to repent and to continually be repenting because of who we are and what God has done and who He is. Do you mourn for your sin? Do you find election liberating and securing? Do you see that election gives our lives meaning? Do you find that it is the truest ground of joy? Because of election do you find yourself loving the brethren more and promoting that love? Does election move you to love Christ and find him most precious? And do you think election to be one of the greatest doctrines a preacher can preach and that you could hear? If not, you may be lost. If not, you are lost. For this doctrine of election should be an alarm to you then. It should alarm you that God will be just in all of his judgments against you for not mourning for your sin, for not being secure in his power, for not having joy in his electing power, for not loving the brethren, for not promoting the same love for not taking an interest in Jesus Christ and his word, for not finding him most precious. But if you're an elect saint, you, like me, as we all, must continually repent because we know that we don't live up to the realities that surround election and the wonderful sovereign grace of the Lord Christ. We end here in this eight-part Election series with a reminder that Christ should be most precious to us, and this is the truest ground of our joy that our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. It is a comfort to our soul, it is a comfort to our heart and minds that we might be secure in His sovereign power and not given to the Pelagian, Arminian, or semi Pelagian ideas that often revolve around the secular humanists' theology. Rather, let us be safe and secure from all alarm, because we are living stones, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. May the Lord bless you as you
1: go. Stillwater's Revival Books is now located at PuritanDownloads.com